Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. It's time for the Host Plus Cup Show. That's a plus with Mark Braybrook. And it's time for the semifinals. They're upon us. Welcome to the program on this Saturday morning. Great to have your company. And we are down to eight. One of those eight teams will walk away with the Host Plus Cup in season 2022. It's been a terrific year so far. And no doubt these matches that we've got on the weekend are going to be absolute crackers. Dave Maiden joins me from the QRL as he has each week throughout the season. Dave, good morning to you. Thanks for your time. We're finally arrived at the business end of the season. Yes, isn't it a great time of the year to be around, Mark? I love this. Uh, it's uh, it's the, the, send, the you know the pressure builds, the excitement builds, the impact builds, the intensity builds, and and it's our favourite time of the year. You know, we're really looking forward to this weekend's games, and we've got some crackers there. Yeah, we certainly do. But before we get to those, we should talk about last week because um, it was a thrilling end of the competition. It was a controversial end. I never, I didn't think that uh, we'd be seeing the Host Plus Cup on the front page of the Courier-Mail and the Prime Ministers of Australia in Papua New Guinea trying to get a Host Plus Cup game going. But they did, and we did, and we saw the Hunters get home uh, over the Cutters in Port Moresby in what was uh, an extraordinary, what, 24 to 48 hours. I've been involved in footy for a long time, but I can honestly say that is the most bizarre 24 hours I've ever been associated with the game, and there's been a few. So, um, But anyway, uh, what happened was we ended up with a great uh, uh, great occasion over there in Port Moresby. I went over myself and, and had a look at the... Uh, made sure everything was okay and, and was went through the same uh, as, as the players, and, and it was a really great occasion. You know, they were excited for, for the teams to return. They loved to see the Hunters back in, in Port Moresby and they were embraced, and so were the Mackay Cutters. And, and uh, we had a cracking game of footy that was decided in the last 30 seconds. So what more could you ask for? Yeah, I, you couldn't write a script like that. If that was a movie, Dave, no one would believe it. <laughs> Look out. Seriously, out would there, they? Budding, yeah. uh, <laughs> a budding script writer. There you go. There's your story. It's already done for you. Yeah, you wouldn't believe it if it happened. But what, as you said, a, a thrilling end of the year uh, for the Hunters to finish uh, pretty strongly, as we spoke to Matt Church on the show last week, what they've been through and to be able to finish this year the way they have, I can't speak highly enough of them. Yeah, look, they, uh, they've done it tough. They've sacrificed a lot over the last two years. They've been away from family and friends and support networks and they've been, uh, you know, self-sufficient over here. And, and, you know, they had a massive turnover at the beginning of last year. So, you know, Matt and I have spoken regularly. We all, you know, we said that, well, given that massive turnover, you know, it's probably going to be the back end of this year where you start to see the benefits of being in the system for a while and playing the, you know, the 40 games. We've always mm. spoken about the 40 games, consistency, con- um, composure and confidence. And, and they're getting towards that now. And, and you're seeing the results on the paddock as well with that. So uh, we, we thank the Hunters for what they've done over the last two years to keep our competition afloat. 
Um, you know, they, it was an immense sacrifice. We acknowledge that. And, and it was great to be able to, for them to play in front of their home fans and, and, and you know, get set up for 2023. Now, the ladder. After 19 matches, we had the Burley Bears finishing in as minor premiers, and we'll speak to Rick Stone a little bit later in the program. The Sunshine Coast Falcons second on 29 after their win over the Dolphins. The Dolphins finished third just ahead of the North Devils on four and against. So that's your top four. Then the bottom four of the eight, the Capras on 25. Tweed on 23, better for and against than the Tigers, who are also on 23, seventh, and getting into the eighth following their win over the Jets and Wynnum being defeated by Burley after Wynnum led, I think, early in that game, um, the Northern Pride. So the Northern Pride started really slowly and uh, uh, looked to be down for the count, but they've managed to string a few wins together and they're back in the eight at the right time of the year. That's your top eight, and um, congratulations to the Burley Bears. Yeah, look, they were, they were the dominant side all year and they they were busted towards the back end of the year. So for, the, for them to, to get back and finish on a high and, and, and get that minor premiership, that's a credit to their organisation down there and Rick Stone and his crew. So, um, you know, I was down there on the weekend. They were they were pumped for it. They were ready to go and they're looking forward to finals. They'll get some, a few players back too. So so they're, they're a dangerous proposition leading into into our finals and, and, and the rest of them have all earned their spot there. Oh. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a close competition. Whoever's on, Whoever's on can take this competition out, and that's the beauty of our finals this year. They're very close. Um, it's, there's no clear-cut winner at this stage, and um, you know with the results on the weekend, yeah, it's it's a tough old competition because we start again now this weekend. And, yeah. and you know, ironically, ironically, there's only uh, you know we've got 15 teams, and all bar four are, uh, are represented in the finals, either in the Hastings, Deering, Colts, or the Host Plus Cup. So that uh, shows the balance across our competitions, and, and I'm really proud of that. Now, Dave, it's just like the NRL. So we've got one playing four. So the Bears are at home to the North Devils. Then the Falcons play the Dolphins, the Falcons at home. The Capras play the Pride at home and Tweed play the Tigers at home. So let's have a look and see the timings of those. So the first game we get to see on Saturday afternoon in the Host Plus Cup is the Tweed Seagulls taking on the uh, Brisbane Tigers. Nathan Cross from Tweed will be joining us a bit later as well. So that's a sudden death game, and that match will be on Channel 9 as well on Saturday. Yeah, look, that's going to be a cracker down there at Figure Bean. Uh, we, we don't often get a chance to, to broadcast out of there, and due to the floods and everything this year, they haven't played many games down there. So so the fact that it's, uh, it's got the Channel 9 satellite disc down there, is that means we're able to broadcast, and, and that'll be a cracker. It was a tight one between the pair last week, uh, and they'll start again this weekend. So uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough one. Can't pick a winner in this. Yeah, both clubs, of course, too. Their coaches moving on at the end of the year. So uh, for one of those coaches at Tweed, um, it'll be, or the Tigers, it'll be their last uh, game in charge. So, yeah, that should be a cracker. And the game on SEN on Saturday night will be the Falcons. Tonight, I should say, will be the Falcons up against the Dolphins who played each other in a real battle last week and have to do it again this week. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that was a, this was a tough game. You know, they took a lot out of each other. They ripped into one another. There was a lot at stake. Uh, the, the capacity to host um, was was uh, was at stake, and and the Falcons have, who have just kept flying under the radar and just performing really well. So it's interesting to see. So uh, really really good result for them. Uh, we'll play that game up there on Saturday night, so we don't clash with the local finals, um, and that'll be a cracker. Mm. There'll be there'll be no love lost between these pairs, and and uh, again can't pick a winner on this one. 
Then tomorrow, uh, two matches tomorrow, the Capras and the Pride. Uh, so the Central Capras finish fifth. They will host the Northern Pride. And as I mentioned, the Pride really started quite slowly, a bit like the Dolphins, but the Dolphins put a really long streak together. The Pride, I think it's fair to say, have been inconsistent, but they're finding a bit of form at the right time of the year. Well, this is the right time to do it. Um, yeah. That game will be up there at Brown Park in Rockhampton. I'm actually heading up to watch this one as well. Uh, this will be a cracker. Uh, there's no, you know, the, it's fantastic. The two regional teams are, are in our finals. Um, you know, they're, they're performing well. Both sides are starting to perform well. And um, Capras have been the great surprise packets of the year compared to last year, you know, previous year's results. And, and the fact that they're performing really well, um, this is great for our competition. So love, love the... the, the match up in this one and, and again can't pick a winner yeah and finally uh, Sunday tomorrow afternoon four o'clock at Pizzy Park the uh, minor premiers the Burley Bears take on the North Devils who have also found a little bit of form at the right time of the year that'll be a, another rippy game which is a, a rematch of of course last year's grand final that was won by the Devils no that's right uh, the North have, North have really picked up their act in the last two weeks and, and got everything humming along and performing really well and They've had a couple of good wins, and, and uh, you know, this is going to be a tough one down there. Uh, like I said, Burley still not haven't got their full complement of, st- of players back. Um, Norse are on a bit of a bit of a roll, so you tell me who's going to win this one, because uh-huh. I can't. No. <laughs> oh, look, if I have to, I'll stick my neck out here, Dave. I'll go with uh, the home ground <laughs> advantage. They're 8-1 at home this year, Burley. That might be enough to get them home. Uh, we should mention, before I let you go, the Hastings-Deering Colts uh, this weekend, as you mentioned earlier. Um, this afternoon, 1 o'clock at Pigabine, uh, the Tigers and Tweed. Uh, so that uh, is, you know, perfectly matched there at uh, Tweed. Then at 2.30 this afternoon in Townsville, we've got the Blackhawks taking on the Dolphins. 4 o'clock before um, the Falcons and the Dolphins at the Sunshine Coast Stadium this afternoon is the Falcons taking on the Mackay Cutters. And then tomorrow at Brown Park in Rocky, the Central Capras take on Wynnum Manly. Uh, and full credit to the Capras uh, to qualify, and all the teams that have got two teams in the competition, full credit to them. But uh, particularly the Capras, who have done it without, as we've mentioned many times throughout the year, have done so without um, their, you know, any NRL affiliation. And they've held on throughout the year and they now find themselves in fifth position on the table in the in the Host Plus Cup and they've got a team in the Hastings Deering Colts as well. Yeah, look, magnificent effort from everyone involved in the organisation and, and you know, the coaching staff and the, 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 the administration staff up there really need a pat on the back for what they've done to turn that club around and over the last couple of years, you know, and it's it's been... A fantastic to see them perform really well because they're a really hot bed of, of rugby league talent. Uh, a lot of their players go on to represent and play in the NRL, and and uh, you know this is just just rewards for for that organisation for a lot of hard work that's gone in behind the scenes. Good on you, mate. I know it's a really busy day for you with the semi-finals finally arrived. Have a good day, good weekend, and we'll chat to you next week. No worries. Thanks, Mark. Talk there he is, Dave Maiden from the QRL, looking ahead to this afternoon's and tomorrow's semifinals of the playoffs have finally arrived in the Host Plus Cup and the Hastings Deering's Colts. Should be some cracking games played right across the weekend. And uh, Burley, minor premiers, and the Northern Pride sneaking in there in eighth position uh, with the results of the final game of the weekend. Any one of those eight teams we've seen throughout the year is capable of going on and winning the title. We will take a break here on the Host Plus Cup show. Other side of the break, we will come back and speak with the coach of the minor premiers, Burley, Rick Stone. 
We're back. It's the Host Plus Cup Show on SEN. Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. Yeah, Mark Braybrook with you on this Saturday morning. Thanks very much for your company. It is that time of year. We're now officially into spring. Uh, the weather is supposed to be starting to warm up, but we know that we're at the business end of the season, as we just discussed with Dave Maiden. Some terrific matches this weekend, uh, starting this afternoon at Pickabean, uh, with the Seagulls taking on the Tigers and finishing tomorrow afternoon, uh, afternoon also on the coast with the Bears at home to the North Devils. The minor premiers, Burley Bears, taking on Norths at 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And the coach of the minor premiers, Rick Stone joins me on the program again this morning. Rick, thanks very much for your time. Congratulations on securing the minor premiership. Yeah, morning, Mark. Thanks very much. Uh, it's been a good season so far. A little bit of a hiccup at the back end with a few injuries, but hopefully we can get a few boys back for uh, the final series. As a coach and a club, what does winning a minor premiership mean to you? Well, I talked a little bit about your consistency, I suppose, throughout the year, which we've been pretty consistent. Um, the last month hasn't been great. We've had a a win, a draw, and a couple of losses. Um, and look, to be honest, we've been pretty good with injuries until the last couple of weeks. And the last couple of weeks have been really smashed, knocked around. And there's been about five or six boys make their debut in the last couple of weeks, which is which is nice. And it's good to sort of sort of test the depth. But um, yeah, we get a few boys back for tomorrow, and hopefully we will get drip feed a few more back before the final series is over. So you can look at it uh, in a positive way too, can't you? The, the fact that, yeah, you're, you're blooding some young players, but those those key players are, are also getting, a you know, potentially a little bit of a freshen up before uh, the, you know, the real end of the season. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a little bit of a difficult one. You know, it's a chicken and the egg, really. You want to take yeah. some momentum into the semifinals. And our win last week uh, against Wynnum was a bit scrappy. Uh, they needed a win to make the eight. They, you know, and they had a player sent off. So it wasn't wasn't the, the best win in the world, but it was good to sort of get back in the winning feeling. And um, yeah, we've got to tidy up a few areas for the moment. Also, obviously, a random premier's dangerous team. They've got a pretty good team on paper, and they'll come ready to play tomorrow. Rick, I was at uh, Seba Super Stadium last Sunday afternoon calling the Titans and the Knights, and I was watching the scores on my phone uh, before the game kicked off, and I noticed that uh, that Wynnum had started strongly. Um, was the turning point that send-off that you mentioned? <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it probably was. Um, obviously, in the modern game, playing with 12 men, it was just before half-time, and we managed to score a try just before half-time. And then um, scored another couple of tries just after half time. Um, yeah, look, there's a few areas we need to tidy up defensively. We're a little bit untidy, and our discipline was um, probably out of sorts. You know, definitely out of sorts uh, as far as character is concerned for us this year. We've been pretty good with our discipline, but you know, we we got into a little bit of a verbal battle, and it wasn't good for our game. That's for sure. Have you noticed anything at training in the last month or two where players have been a little bit flat because of the number of injuries and, and things like that that may have led to that uh, frustration? <laughs> yeah, possibly, possibly. Uh, we haven't been playing great in the last couple of weeks. There was a bit of frustration come out. Obviously, Wynnum come with a bit of desperation as well. So they were up for the battle. There's no doubt about that. Uh, a couple of things didn't go their way on the day, obviously. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was a, it was a, look, Wynnum have been a really good side the last couple of years. They've made the last two grand finals and they've been competitive right up to their eyeballs sort of every year. Um, obviously, injuries hurt them a little bit at the back end of this year and caught up with them a little bit. But um, we got a lot of respect for their team and their club and what they've done in the last couple of years. 
and Norths as well. Of course, uh, we know they're the defending premiers and uh, Rowan Smith got an opportunity to head over Super League mid-year. So they have had some distractions and so, some disruptions as well. But speaking with Dave Maiden earlier in the program, um, they're starting to find their way at the right end of the year as well. Yeah, it looks like they are. Looking at their last game, they were down a little bit against the Blackhawks um, last weekend and come back really strong to finish the game. Just looking at their team list, the balance of their team um, is fairly strong across the park without too many inclusions from the Broncos. So with the Broncos playing today, which is Saturday, you know they, they possibly um, may have a few more players available from the Broncos for tomorrow. What do you think your team needs to do well to get back to the form that you showed, uh, you know, prior to the last month? Is it just down to the injuries or are there other things as well? A little bit of other things for sure. You know, look, we offensively, we need to be a bit more consistent with our basic errors. That's been sort of hurting us a little bit, you know, just some dumb basic errors and pushing the pass, um, not protecting the footy, those sort of things. Defensively, we've got to work together as a group a little bit better. Our effort's still good, but we're still technically a little bit off where we'd like to be. So that's been a, a focus in the last couple of weeks of training. We've leaked some points that generally we haven't leaked sort of throughout the year. So usually one of the the major things around premiership winning teams is a defensive record. And that has been pretty good this year. You know, I think second to sunny coast overall for the season. Um, and yeah, you know, if you're going to go deep into the finals, your defence, you've got to bring that with you every week. Absolutely. From a coaching perspective, Rick, um, you, you said you wanted obviously to go in with a little bit of momentum, but on the flip side, is it also maybe a little bit of a, an opportunity to point out flaws in the game and say, look, if we don't do this, this is what happens? I suppose we were in a position where, you know, the boys were iron off that minor premiership a couple of weeks ago, mm. and it's not great for you, I suppose, your mindset and, and staying hungry and staying competitive. So I'd like to think we've got that out of the way now. And, and we definitely have sort of worked pretty hard in a couple of areas. And we're still yet to be completely happy with where we are at. But um, definitely seen a, a flip of a switch with the boys at training this week. And they're all really hungry and looking forward to tomorrow. How important is the home ground advantage at this time of year? Well, that's massive for us, absolutely. You know, we've got a good record here. I think we've lost one game this year. We lost one game last year. So we've lost two games in two years at Pizzy Park. Pretty comfortable there. We understand the conditions. Look, our track's looking a bit worse for wear. It's had plenty of footy on it, like most grounds have at this time of year. But, you know, we enjoy playing here. Um, You know, the four o'clock time slot's a bit different for everyone. So that'll be an interesting one. But... um, the way the Queensland rugby league has staggered the games, it's good that everyone can get a bit of a look at each game. So that's important. And yeah, well, I, I think, you know, the, the home ground advantage is, is a massive advantage at this time of year and particularly for us at our venue. Have you been looking behind, as when I say behind, the teams behind you at all? Are you solely focused on your side? Or at this time of the year, do you start looking at some of the other teams as well? Well, I suppose you keep an eye on most of the competition and now we're down to obviously the eight. You know, you've got a little bit of an idea of what's coming and where you're going to go next. Um, can't look too far ahead, of course. Um, our main focus, obviously, this this week and, you know, I think we've been a little bit trapped in looking a bit far ahead in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, we, we know we're going to have a game on a hand this weekend playing the Rain and Premiers and looking at their team list, like I said, they'll, they'll be pretty strong and they've probably got as much firepower and try scoring strike as anyone in the competition. So, yeah, it'll be a good game tomorrow. 
Rick, do you, at this time of year, from a coaching perspective, what changes? Do you change it? Is there a certain, do you have stages of the year where you coach differently? Does anything change or does everything stay the same and it's just, uh, you know, another couple of weeks to go? Well, look, probably if anything, it's just a little bit more intense and maybe a little bit sharper, uh, maybe a bit shorter. Some of your sessions, like the boys have definitely starting to feel a few niggles, you know, at this time of year and everyone's carrying a little bit of something. So we're managing the loads of a few boys, as most clubs would be at this, this time of year. Um, we try and keep our, our sessions pretty short and punchy. We don't overdo the video, but we do enough to make sure our team's ready and prepared and know what's coming uh, from the opposition. And we probably keep it pretty simple and we try and play the same way consistently we've played throughout the year that's got us in this position. So that's that's going to be a strength of ours and that's something we're going to fall back on tomorrow. And one thing that hasn't changed throughout the year is the closeness of the competition, isn't it? Because, um, you know, with the couple of losses that your team has suffered, it brings everyone back into it and everyone knows that on their day they can beat any team in this competition. And the latter suggests that with the closeness. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. You know, now you're down to eight. Um, you know, look right down. We went to Cairns and they give us a bit of a lesson when we went up there and you look right through to the top eight. There's, there's anyone can beat anyone on the day. And if you get the momentum and have a little bit of luck with injuries, it doesn't really matter where you finish. Um, if, if you get going in the right direction, you know, you can string some wins together and, and really um, give the competition a shake. Mate, really appreciate your time. Once again, congratulations to you and the club on uh, securing the minor premiership and good luck for the remainder of the season. Thanks for having me, mate. It's a pleasure. Good on you, mate. Rick Stone there, the uh, coach of the Burley Bears who do battle tomorrow afternoon, 4 o'clock, Pizzy Park against the North Devils. That's 1v4. So the winner gets a week off and the, uh, the loser gets to live another day. We will take a break here on the Host Plus Cup show. Other side of the break, we'll come back and we'll stay down on the coast because we'll speak to Nathan Cross, who is uh, on the coaching staff at the Tweed Seagulls, but also a member of the SEN commentary team here to find out how the Tweed Seagulls are going and his thoughts on the remaining eight teams in the Host Plus Cup. We're back. It's the Host Plus Cup show on SEN. Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. Welcome to the program on this Saturday morning. Uh, semi-finals are in the air. They start this afternoon at Pickabean with the Tweed Seagulls hosting the Brisbane Tigers. News during the week that uh, Matt Church, the uh, well former now former coach of the PNG Hunters, will be taken over as the coach of the Brisbane Tigers next year. So he's returning home. So Matt, uh, who's been through uh, some a tough couple of years with those Hunters in uh, with relation to COVID. Uh, will be moving over to the Tigers, who take on Tweed this afternoon at Pigabine. And a man who was on the coaching staff at the Tweed Seagulls, also a member of the SEN commentary team, who will uh, no doubt be heading very shortly to Pigabine to get ready for what should be a, a cracking game as Nathan Cross and he joins me now. First of all, mate, congratulations on the side making the top eight. It's uh, always an aim at the start of the year and not everyone gets there. That's right. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me on the program, mate. It's um, yeah. Look, it's been a long year, and it's exciting now that today's game day. And we're at the pointy end, and um, yeah, I think it's a pretty wide open semi final series, to be honest. Yeah, no question about that. How do you feel the team, your team, Tweed, is is going at this time of the year? Yeah, look, I think we had a bit of a hiccup last week against the Tigers, and. You know, certainly no excuses. The Tigers played really well and, and were very desperate uh, last Sunday. Uh, we didn't have a lot to play for. Whether we, we won or lost, we, we were going to host a home semi-final in an elimination situation as it stands this afternoon. So, 
as I say, certainly no excuses. They were the better team on the day. But, um, yeah, look, we'll be ready to go this afternoon. There'll be no excuses. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll see how we go. We've had probably a few disruptions with Titans and, and obviously they're playing, in the, they're playing the Warriors uh, tonight or this afternoon in New Zealand. So, yeah, it's, it's tricky, but um, that's the, the nature of the beast when, mm. you're, when you're a feeder club. It's an interesting point you made there, you know, with regards to the mindset of players and the fact that you knew going into the game last week that the result was not going to make a bearing on where you finished and hosting your home semi-final. As coaches, you can talk about it as much as you want, maybe not overstate it because that then becomes a, a bigger issue. But as much as you pointed out that, you know, players' mindset is very hard to change, isn't it? It's, it's an interesting little conundrum there. Oh, it's so interesting. You're exactly right, Mark. It, even during the warm-up last week, you know, myself and, and Clay Harris and Matt Keating uh, on the coaching staff, we all sort of looked at each other in the warm-up and went, you know, we can sense a bit of complacency today. And again, you know, I've been there as a player and, I, and I've been there as a coach and it is hard. And as much as you try to drive a message that, you know, we, we want to win today to send a good message and to go in with some momentum next week, it's really difficult. Mm. You know, it's really difficult. And I even found myself on the sideline you know, when we were when we were down and chasing points, like just that sense of urgency, even as an assistant coach running the bench, wasn't even quite there. So that'll certainly be vastly different this afternoon. It's it's all on the line. So um, yeah, it's all it's all in our hands now. And the players, uh, they you know most probably have put out of their mind the fact, okay, we weren't at our best. We need to from day one, from as soon as that game was over last weekend. I hope there's been a. a a noticeable change in, in a mindset. It has to be at semi-final time anyway, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. There's been a real shift and there's an excitement in the air and a certain intensity level has definitely increased. So, yeah, it's difficult. And again, not trying to make excuses for last week because of the situation, but it's very noticeable the difference this week and in relation to mindset and just a spring in the step of training. So um, I'm expected, uh, expecting a vastly improved performance today. What's the key? Yeah, look, last week we let the, the Tigers really stand in tackles and offload and create a lot of second phase. And I think with that, just that, that slight shift in attitude uh, this week, I feel that we'll be better in our defence and be able to sort of shut that down and give us some more time sort of in and around that, that middle third of the field where they had a bit of success. And I think if we can do that and put a bit of fatigue into this Tigers team, I, I think we've got the attack uh, to trouble any team in the competition. So defending their middle third, particularly uh, guys like, you know, Darius Farmer and Wesley Lolo and Will Samuel, Bennett Leslie, guys that like to offload. If we can do that, that'll go a long way to winning the game. I'll ask you the same question I asked Rick Stone earlier in the program. Um, the advantage or the benefit of having a home semi-final there at Piggerbean where you've uh, struggled to get uh, over the last 18 months because of the rain and COVID, et cetera. How big a factor will that be this afternoon? Yeah, it'll be big. And I think even for the boys today, like I know, you know, beach this morning, a few of the boys are catching up having brekkie together um, and not having to, you know, race to a bus to, to worry about sort of heading up the road or up the M1. So mm-hmm. that that in itself is huge. And then, of course, the Piggerbean factor where, you know, to be frank, a lot of teams probably don't love to come. It's not the, the most glamorous uh, field or sporting complex in the competition, and, and we love that. Yeah. Um, with Burley's loss, uh, you know, on 
the last couple of weeks. Of course, they won over Wynnum, a 12-man side. It was interesting listening to Rick Stone uh, talk about the, the last month for them has been a battle with injuries, etc. And I, I did sort of allude to him that what the losses have done also is has brought the other teams back into the competition, not only on points-wise, but also mentally, hasn't it? The fact that all of a sudden here's a team that had only lost one game for most of the season. Uh, they've lost a few in the last few weeks. Uh, they're gettable. Yeah, they're very gettable, Burley, and, and Stoney would probably be the first to admit that. And what they're probably going through at the moment what we went through around the mid middle third of, of the season with injuries and player unavailability. And, you know, for Burley, they've got a lot of class and a lot of depth, but it's being seriously tested at the moment. And, you know, against North uh, tomorrow, albeit it's at Pizzy Park, you know, really, this time of year, I look at the I look at the top eight mark, and seven of the top eight teams are NRL affiliated, aren't they? Yep. And you think, well, it is difficult because it depends on what's happening with the NRL squad that week, who goes up, who comes back to you. Um, so, Burley are pretty desperate for some troops at the moment. So, they'll just be hoping that they can get through tomorrow and. Um, and, and march through to the preliminary final in, in a couple of weeks' time. Well, here's another one for you too when you look at the ladder. Um, Burley and Central, who were the top two teams for a large part of the season, they're the only teams in the top eight that go into uh, the semifinals with the losing record over the last month. Burley, I want to say losing, but without a winning record, I should say. Burley's 2-2 two and two in their last four matches and the Capras are 2-3 and three from their last five. Every other team heading into the playoffs, the Falcons, the Dolphins, the Devils, the Seagulls and the Tigers all have winning records and most of you, uh, Tigers excluded, have only dropped the one game in the last four or five. Mm, it's good form, isn't it? So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how Burley sort of hold up there. I called that Central Capras game uh, with Drury on Saturday night and their second half was quite impressive, actually, um, which is good Good for them. Good for their momentum. I was pleased. They, they've had a great year, the Capras, and good to see a team like the Capras featuring in the top eight because it's not often that we have seen it. So hopefully, from their point of view, they'll take a lot of um, yeah confidence out of their second half and, and take that into their, their big clash against the Pride on Sunday. Well, there's another team, isn't it? Uh, the, the times that we've spoken on the program and, and we've called games together, the Pride have been pretty ordinary. I mean, I remember that game we did against the Central Capras. They were woeful that day, that yep. night. And here they have. They've they've turned it around and full credit to them and, and their coach, Ty Williams. And they've snuck into the eight after beating Ipswich and Wynnum being beaten there by Burley. And they're a dangerous outfit because their form is better than eight on the table. They're a better side than that, I think. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And we played them a few weeks ago in Cairns and got over them late. Um, but again, looking through their team from last week, you know, guys like Ben Hampton from the Cowboys and Connolly Lemuelu and these sort of fellas, like if they start coming back into this pride team who are now playing a different style of footy mark to the to the team that you and I called and, and that I played in round one, they were they were legless, to, to be honest. They were very one out. It was very predictable. But now they're actually playing some good footy. They're playing a bit of shape and they've got some um, threatening guys on their edges. So... Mm. I expect that to be a cracker on Sunday. And again, for the Capras, they've had a great season. But if they don't turn up, then it could be the pride that, that marches forward. Yeah, and it's interesting. Uh, that game that sticks in my mind, as I mentioned again, the Capras, they look like they didn't want to be there, which is sometimes a danger for teams that do have that NRL affiliation, particularly a lot of players that, that find themselves um, in in that 
competition that don't want to necessarily be there. It can be, you know, some sort of cancer in the side. But good to see that they've turned that around. Before I let you go, mate, it's not only the the Host Plus Cup where it's uh, Tweed versus Brisbane, but you've also got the Hastings Deering Colts um, as the curtain raiser this afternoon. It's a great tribute to all clubs that uh, have any team qualifying for the semifinals, but for yourselves and and Redcliffe and uh, the Tigers, um, who have got teams called the Falcons um, and also the Capras, to have teams in both grades uh, is terrific. So um, you must be very pleased as a club club that uh, your Colts are in there as well. Yeah, really pleased. And Aaron Zimley's done a great job uh, returning back to the club this year, taking charge of our Colts team. And, and they've got a number of, of good young Titans contracted kids that have featured you know, sporadically throughout the season for us. Uh, kids like Thomas Weaver, the halfback, and Caleb Nagamanu um, on the wing. And, and there's some young guys, Oscar Bryant, number nine, Jack Cohen, Australian schoolboy, Ryan Foran, Australian schoolboy from last year. So hopefully they can start, um, yeah, as of this week, putting it together because they've been a bit up and down this year. But for the team and the quality they've got in that team, they can certainly trouble some of those top sides. Mate, really appreciate your time. Uh, good luck this afternoon. Uh, it, it won't be easy, even though it is at home against the Brisbane Tigers and a change of attitude and a home ground advantage will no doubt get the, the boys home. We wish you the best of luck and we'll talk again soon. Yeah, good on you, Mark. Thanks very much, mate. There is Nathan Cross, SEN commentator and also assistant coach there at the Tweed Seagulls. And they do battle this afternoon with the Brisbane Tigers at Piggabeen. The other match tonight is the Falcons and the Dolphins. You'll hear that right here on SEN. We better take a break and we'll come back and wrap up the show and look at the team of the week and other things happening around the state in Queensland Rugby League on the Host Plus Cup show on this Saturday morning. We're back. It's the Host Plus Cup show on SEN. Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. Yeah, Mark Braybrook on this Saturday morning, the Host Plus Cup show. The finals are here. They start this afternoon. We'll run through those again at the end of the program. <coughs> Excuse me. But time now for the team of the week, the last uh, official team of the week for round 20. And uh, Tane Tawapiki from the Burley Bears is named at fullback. He has had an outstanding season for Burley. Uh, I don't think there's any opportunities really at uh, the Titans at the moment with Kieran Foran coming and Jaden Campbell playing so well and AJ Brimson to have another young fullback. But uh, from all reports, this kid can play. So we'll see uh, in 2023 what happens to him and how his game develops and where he ends up. It's been an outstanding uh, year for him. 166 run metres, six tackle breaks, a line break, two line break assists, and two try assists as well. Uh, on the wings, Braden McGrady from the North Devils. Um, he returned this week, had two tries against Townsville Blackhawks, 158 run metres, one tackle break, and 47 kick metres from two kicks. Um, he was outstanding. The other winger, Brandon Roberts from the Central Queensland Capras, 179 run metres, two line breaks, eight tackle breaks, and a try as well. The centres this week, Tony Tamusa from the North Devils, one of a, a number of North Devils to play really well on the weekend against the Blackhawks. Uh, a couple of tries back-to-back, in fact, to start the second half. Uh, he also had 134 run metres, two line breaks, and 13 tackle breaks. The other centre from the Burley Bears and the Gold Coast Titans, Essen uh, Masters, um, they had a big win, of course, uh, the Bears over Wynnum, down to 12 men Wynnum, uh, 206 run metres, 60 of those post-contact, a try assist and a line break assist. 
um, and seven tackle breaks and two line breaks for Essen Masters, the centre in the team of the week. The captain in 5'8", Radine Robinson from the central Queensland Capras. Uh, he's had a very good season, as the Capras have as well. Um, two tries, 144 run metres, four try assists, two line breaks, a line break himself, and six tackle breaks as well. Two offloads and 16 tackles. There's a game and a half for you, isn't it? Radine Robinson, the 5'8", uh, of the uh, Team of the Week and also named captain of the Team of the Week for round 20. Uh, the PNG Hunters, Judah Rimbu, the halfback. Um, first game at home in three years. Uh, a try assist, a line break assist, uh, 149 kick metres. Uh, he was outstanding for the PNG Hunters and was named the halfback in the team of the week. Now, the front row, the forwards. Nick Louis Tosso from the Northern Pride is one of those front rowers. Um, he scored his third try of the season. 228 run metres, a try assist, a line break assist, a line break, five tackle breaks, and 19 tackles, which is an outstanding effort from uh, Nick. He is one of the front rowers. The other in his final game, Nat Neal from the Ipswich Jets. What a way to bow out. They weren't able to win, of course, uh, beaten by uh, the Northern Pride. But uh, a terrific effort from Nat Neal in the final game of his career. Uh, 64 tackles. That was nearly double the best, the next best for the game. 64, 20 more than the next best. Um, so he also made 82 metres. Um, he kicked the conversion to end the career. Um, and Nat Neal was named the other front rower in the team of the week. The Brisbane Tigers hooker, Haley for now, is the hooker. Um, he's been in pretty good form in recent weeks and will need to be this week against Tweed. Uh, he played seven games for the Tigers last year. Um, he had two tries this week, a couple of line break assists, a line break himself, four tackle breaks and 61 run metres. So Haley for now, the hooker for the Brisbane Tigers, the hooker in the team of the week. Bronson Garlic also from the team of the week. He's contracted the Melbourne Storm. He's one of the back rowers, um, 114 run metres, three tackle breaks, four offloads, two line breaks, 21 tackle assists for Bron- Bronson Garlic from the Tigers. Uh, the North Queensland Cowboys, Connolly Lemuelu from the Northern Pride. He's the other back rower. 179 run metres, a try assist, a line break assist, three tackle breaks uh, amongst the stats for him uh, playing for the Northern Pride. And Ash Little also from the Northern Pride. He is the lock forward. 151 Minute, sorry, 51 minutes on the field. He made 16 tackles, a line break, two tackle breaks, 204 run metres, 85 of them post-contact from just 17 runs. He scored a try through the, the first half. That was his sixth for the season. On the bench, Lachlan Sheldon from the Burley Bears, Patrice Ciolo from the Sunshine Coast Falcons, Brendan Fry from the Northern Pride, and Sam Lasorne from Tweed. They are the players in the team of the week. Just before we go, let's have a look at uh, the statewide score wrap because we've had grand finals. We've got semifinals underway all around the state. We'll try and get to as many of them as possible. In the BRL, the finals, week one, West Brisbane, the Panthers, minor premiers, unbeaten, 18 from 18. They had the week off. Valleys, 28, defeated Beanley, 16, and Balimba, 18, defeated Wynnum, 12. So they were the results. So that means that... um, Bean League season is over and Valleys will play Wynnum next week while Balimba go on to play the West Brisbane Panthers, the winner of that. 
match goes into the grand final. On the Gold Coast, week one of the finals, Southport 36 defeated Runaway Bay 20 and Tugan 24 defeated Mudrabar 12. That means the season is over for Mudrabar. Burley, the minor premiers, had the week off. So that means the uh, Southport Tigers will play Burley and Tugan will play Runaway Bay. Southport and Burley, the winner of that, goes through to the grand final. In Ipswich, Swift's 26 defeated Renbank playing Bears 18. So uh, that is it for a Red Bank Plains. Uh, in Bundaberg, the grand final, Harvey Bay 34 defeated Pass Brothers 14. Harvey Bay finished second on the table behind Waves Tigers, but won the grand final 34 to 14 over Pass Brothers. So congratulations to them. The first week of the finals in Toowoomba means that uh, Gundawindi Boars 40 defeated Dolby High Diehards 30. Uh, and Wattles Warriors, 52, defeated the Highfield Eagles, 14. Uh, Gatton were the minor premiers there, so um, they had the week off. Now, in the women's premiership there, the Oakey Bears, 26, defeated Toowoomba Valleys, 14. And Newtown, 50, defeated Gundawindi, 4. Gatton had the week off there, so it is the end of the season for Toowoomba Valleys. And Newtown will play Gatton next week and or this week, and I should say, uh, and Gundawindi um, will play the Aki Bears. In the finals, week one on the Sunshine Coast, Marucci Dawes Swans 26 defeated Kiwana Dolphins 16 and BOI Bulldogs 22, Caboolture Snakes 20. In the women's competition, week one of the finals, Caloundra 24 defeated Kiwana 12 and the Caboolture Snakes 48, BOI Bulldogs Nil and in the final in Rocky, Yapoon 26 defeated Rockhampton Brothers 16. And in the women's grand final, Rockhampton Brothers 32 defeated Emu Park Emus 10. Now, just recapping this weekend in the semi finals, the first week of finals in the Host Plus Cup. This afternoon at 3.10 at Piggerbean, it is the Tweed Seagulls taking on the Brisbane Tigers. That's six first, seventh. Sudden death there. The loser is out. Then tonight, SEM will cover the Falcons and the Dolphins. Sunshine Coast second up against the Dolphins third. The Capras tomorrow, 2.15 at Brown Park at Rocky take on the Pride. Loser out and the Bears take on the Devils tomorrow afternoon, 4 o'clock. Going to leave you this week with the Winner Manly theme song. They missed out on the eight, but it's been a big season for them. Enjoy your footy on the weekend. We'll catch you next week. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.